Hello and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we like to eat food and obviously solve cold cases. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, it's, I think, what we are born to do, obviously. Obviously it is. Um, aside from the fact that neither one of us are law enforcement or detectives. Right. Definitely not trained in any way, but here we are. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Um, when I was a young child, you know, when you do pretend games with your siblings, I always put Madeline FBI agent. <laughs> so I was always the FBI agent when we played make-believe games. That's amazing. So, amazing. I've been, I've been at this for a while. <laughs> Oh gosh. I'm trying to think of the like very first, I don't know, true crime case that I got into, but I, I can never think of like what it would have been. Yeah. Um, I think like many of us started with the serial killers. So I think my first case or whatever was probably Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, I can see that. So if you guys can't tell, um, hopefully you can't very much, but we are recording virtually today mm-hmm. and I'm using a headset and it kind of sounds like I have a cold. I do not have a cold. Um, and I think this is the headset that my husband uses for work. So now I'm thinking, does everyone he talks to on the phone think that he's sick? Because it 100% sounds like I'm sick. <laughs> So I have my youngest is just kind of stuffy and wasn't feeling good on Friday. So we are just being cautious, doing our part. But this go around with virtual recording is we already know is going to be better than our last attempt. Yes, Um, we stopped trying to be clever about it. Yeah. And just, just went on with Zoom. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we're concerned with quality, but so many podcasts over the past year now have been recording with Zoom. And so I think we kind of get a pass if it doesn't sound as good as it usually does. So here we are. Here we are. I can't wait for people to just be able to be regular sick again, because if this were a year ago, we would not be doing this. I would just be over there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It it really does suck that like, even if you are, even if you're getting your yearly cold, you still have to like go jump through all these hoops. You're like, I just, I just have a cold guys. (laughs) Right, right. And you know, and the thing with little kids is they get fevers no matter what they are sick with. Yeah. Like adults don't typically get fevers unless they are just fucking sick. Yes. And Jameson kind of runs hot anyways. And I guess it's typical for a kid's temperature to range anywhere from like 97 to 102 just on a normal day oh weird and his temperature on friday is not even something that they considered a fever Mm. so you know 
whatever. He's fine. He's acting fine. He is. He's not like snotty, but he's really stuffy Mm -hmm. and he sounds adorable and it's just the cutest. But yeah, he's he's feeling good. And um, we'll be back to recording in person next week, I'm sure. Yeah. So this morning, we obviously did not have breakfast together. We didn't. Um, I had some peanut butter toast with a little bit of apple butter on the top. Mm, Homemade I love apple, apple butter. butter. Oh, it's so good. My mom makes it so like good. every year around Christmas. Mm-hmm. So since there are so many grandkids now, us adult children, we get things like homemade salsa, homemade apple mm. butter, popcorn. Basically, we get food. I'm going to need your mom to add me to the list. <laughs> she I need homemade salsa all the time. She makes so much. And it's those uh, mason jars that are like huge. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's very good. It's like that thin kind of restaurant salsa. Oh my god, that sounds so good. It, it's I, really good. I love salsa. Yeah, that salsa Dakota made that one time was very good. Yeah, he did make good salsa. I forgot like salsa. It was really good. Yeah, it's and so now good. every time I eat Costa Vida, I'm like. I wish I had some Dakota salsa. Yeah, I can't. I don't know why he hasn't made any more. It, it was a lot of work. That's probably mm-hmm. why. So yeah. it took him several hours to make it, but the payoff Damn. was good. Like it was really good. But yeah, and I mean, salsa keeps for a long time it does. in the fridge, opened yeah. or unopened. Um, I had a omelet for breakfast with some hash browns I was just really hungry this morning Mm -hmm. and yesterday Keegan and I had like a late lunch around two and so we're like we don't like we're not really that hungry for dinner so we fed the kids and like we were snacking on some like chips but then like midnight rolled around and we were like oh my god we are starving like I can't go to bed like this and so at about midnight a little bit after Keegan went to Taco Bell and um got some tacos Doritos tacos Mm. but I woke up and I was like why am I so hungry yeah I literally just ate dinner like six hours ago (laughs) (laughs) so we got some omelets yeah yesterday actually Lauren and I went and got pedicures I hadn't seen Lauren in person since October yeah. So it's, you know, like her stepdad is immunocompromised. And so she just hasn't seen anyone really. Yeah. But we went and got pedicures and then went to raw sushi. Oh yeah. And I've still there. never been there. What? Oh, we have to go. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Well, and Keegan's not a sushi person. Oh, that's right. I forget so- that people don't like sushi. I know it's weird. And I've even had him try like a California roll. Like who doesn't like a California roll? Yeah. It's not his thing. You know, you can get like steak rolls and chicken. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. If it's like the seafood or the fish element that he doesn't like, he could get like a steak roll. And he loves seafood. What? He likes every, okay. So 
I can understand why he doesn't want to do like the raw fish sushi. But with like a California roll, aside from the avocado piece that's in there, it's all cooked. Yeah. And he likes every component. Yeah. So I don't, maybe it's a texture thing or just like the, I don't know. I think the last time I had sushi was when me and you went to Mint. Oh, Jesus. That has been a long time. What was, what were we doing that we ate? I don't know. Did we go to the movies? Yes. We went to see, what did we go see? Lion King. Lion King. And that came out when? Like 2019. Yeah, that's how long it's been since I've had sushi. What? <laughs> Dude, we got to go to Raw. It's the oh best. My gosh. There's, it's so crazy. And they have a really, really good happy hour. And they do their happy hour on Saturdays, too. Because, you know, a lot oh. of places, they only do happy hour, like, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Raw also does their happy hour from 3 to 7 on Saturdays. So the perfect time slot. There's rolls, drinks, apps, all kinds of stuff. Oh, I would kill someone for a crab salad and some miso soup. Yeah, their Raw's food is so good. So good. And I ordered so much food. Like I ordered a roll. I ordered an order of just like, they have this shareable that's called rock and shrimp. And it's really just like breaded fried shrimps. Mm-hmm. And it's a shareable, so it's enough for multiple people. I right. ordered that for myself and a bowl of ramen. Ooh, I've never had legit ramen before. It's so there's so much shit in there, but it's so good. Well, my birthday is coming up, mm. so we'll go for your birthday. Hell yeah! So I'm excited now. Tell Keegan he's holding you back from enjoying the good things in life. I know what the fuck. What I don't understand. Fuck? God, Keegan, <laughs> he's gonna edit this. Just... And be like, thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh... Oh goodness. Okay, so real quick before we announce what we are talking about today, because it's it's a it's a big one. Yes. Um, for Chip's corner, not necessarily. Um, usually he listens and has to correct us on our shit, but he texted me. And we were talking about the like wolf thing that the ranch owner at Skinwalker Ranch encountered and Mm -hmm. he like shot at it and it didn't die and it like didn't phase this huge ass dire wolf. (laughs) And uh, Chip texted me and said, the gun didn't work on the wolf because you have to use silver bullets. And that's like a werewolf thing. And I said... Yeah, I mean, I guess assuming it's a mythical creature. And then he said, also, five foot five is the length of the wolf and not the height. Oh, that makes more sense for it to be five foot five in length. Yes, yes. Like thinking about a wolf that stands five foot five was a little concerning to me. Well, whenever they, on, when you Google an animal, a quadruped, mm-hmm. they... And you're wanting to know its size, they should put five foot five in length instead of just yeah. five foot five because you just automatically assume that's the yeah, height. from the floor. From the floor. Come on, Google. Come on. Ridiculous. Um, I I guess for our male section, 
we did get a new review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. And I am pulling it up here. It says, the mix of stories is fun and makes this podcast so worth listening to. We have no idea who it was. So if it was you, thank you. We love you. You're the best. Yes. And, um, and you know, Apple Podcasts seems to take a very long time at reviewing and releasing written reviews. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know who it was. So if you would like to claim this review as your own and let us know who you are, we would love that. Send us an yes. email at whatifitoldyoupodcast at gmail.com. Or you could send us a DM on our Instagram at whatifitoldyoupod. That's right. And um, then there's Facebook. There's Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, there's TikTok. We got to step up our game on the TikTok. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. Yes. Um, this is this current Zoom call is recording audio and video. So oh. we could use some of the video of this recording if we want. This right here is really attractive. <laughs> oh goodness. We've got like Christmas wrapping paper and then we've got like some workout gear and a blanket. Um you know, it's great. It's stuff you need. It's stuff I need. I haven't been on that row machine in 3 months. It's fine. Yeah, because working out's the worst. I yeah, need to be like it is the worst. I need to have like natural abs that I just have. Yeah, I'm just not really sure like why things work the way they do. I know. My cousin Kendra, she's like a size two and bitch eats more than anyone I've ever met in my whole life. And she doesn't work out. She's naturally like, and her sister, Heather, she's had two babies and she like gave birth to her youngest son. And like the next day was wearing the same jeans she was wearing before she was pregnant. Just. I just can't accept that. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, how is this fair? Ridiculous. And I'm over here drinking kale for breakfast every day. Not a size two. Well, then there's me who Mm -hmm. ate an entire omelet after coffee and just had to wash it down with a knuckle of cream soda Dr. Pepper (laughs) because my coffee got cold. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like the most unfair. While wearing my Taco Bell shirt. That's right. I'm like representing the Navy right now. There you go. I'm still waiting on Dakota's uh, autograph. Oh, yeah. I freaking forgot he was in a music video. Yeah. I mean, he was just the perfect fit for that role. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that he's a creep. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that it was perfect. Like, who else would they have chosen for that? His on-screen presence was just top-notch. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it would just happen first take. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, it was, uh, pretty it was cool. lovely. If you guys would like to see the music video, it, the artist is 
name is Caleb McKenzie. Um, I don't remember what song it is. It's like country, I think. I don't know. It's like a weird country pop genre-ish. I don't know. Not my vibe, but it's uh, it's out there. And I've watched... I've watched the video at least five times <laughs> just because it's funny. <laughs> uh, oh goodness. Well, so I guess we can get into our episode and this knock on wood is probably going to be pretty short because there's really not a whole lot to it. There isn't that much. It's just like facts and that's it. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about one of the most puzzling missing persons cases, like right up there with Bryce. Yeah. Um, and we are going to talk about Caitlin Akins. Yes. She's one of the missing person cases that I check up on. They're yeah. it's like Caitlin Akins, Bryce Laspisa, and then Alyssa Turney. Maura Murray. Yeah. I stopped checking on Maura Murray. <laughs> it's just more of the same. Oh, goodness. So, Caitlin Akins was born September 2nd, 1996, to her mother, Lisa Sullivan. And she grew up in Caroline County, Virginia, with her mom. And she had one sister whose name is Gabrielle. And when Caitlin was seven, her mother married James Branton. So, were her parents married? No, her father actually left when she was a toddler. Um, So I'm guessing like three or four, maybe. Yeah, okay. I I just don't ever remember hearing anything about her parents' separation. Yeah, Uh, on the Disappeared episode... They, the only thing that's said about her biological father is that he left when she was a toddler. It didn't say if her mom was married to him at some point or anything like that. I don't know. Just a few years before Caitlin's disappearance, her mom and stepdad actually got a divorce. And he's actually going to come up in this story quite a bit. Yeah. And we're just going to leave that to you to think about once we get to that part. Mm-hmm. So, Caitlin was always described by her friends and family as unique, quirky. You know, she was outgoing and she was like this little punk rock girl. And she liked to experiment with different, like, fantasy hair colors and haircuts. She had tattoos, she had piercings. And so, because of where she grew up in Virginia, you know, her punk style kind of made it hard for her to fit in. And I mean, I think you and I can even kind of semi relate to that because the people we are surrounded with now and as we were growing up were 100% not that way. Yeah. I was like the only like Ariel and I were really the only two people that like listen to the music we listen to had like a scene kind of style happening. We were like the only mm-hmm. two. Yeah. I mean, really outside of my group of friends and of course, like I think every grade kind of had that click or whatever you want to call it. 
but it is when you grow up in, you know, in a small town and, you know, she didn't, Caitlin didn't grow up in the Midwest, but I think you can kind of compare how it is in, you know, the Virginia area mm-hmm. to like the Bible Belt kind of. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of conservatives, uh, you know, people who like the traditional style, I guess. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So at age 15, Caitlin and her mom actually agreed that Caitlin could take some extra classes and then she would be able to graduate early. She began the coursework to complete her junior and senior years, and then she would graduate at 16. Yeah. So she was like, she was a smart girl. She had like a lot, obviously had a lot of success in school. Um, But what I thought was interesting is that college was never on her radar. She was book smart, but she didn't want to go to a four-year college. Yeah. And it's not very common for people to be able to graduate that early. No. um, It I'm guessing it's something special that she worked out with her high school. Um, Maybe she went to a bit of a bigger school than like what we went to. Um, That would definitely not have been an option at my high school. No, definitely. I mean, I know that there were people who could graduate like a semester early. Yeah. Yeah. There were people who graduated at semester or did half days the last semester of their senior year or something. That was an option. But graduating, I was, I was, let's see, I was 16 as a junior. So yeah, I turned, yeah, I turned 16 at the end of my sophomore year. Yeah. So that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin and her mom both worked for the local Wawa and Wawa is a convenience store. That's very similar to like our quick trip. Yeah. And Her mom was actually the manager and she hired Caitlin. When Caitlin turned 18, she moved to Lake Havasu City in Arizona to live with her fiance. And on the Crime Junkie episode on Caitlin, which is very good. Once again, it's pretty cut and dry because it's nothing but facts. Yeah. Um, Her fiance was actually one of her really good friends growing up and it turned more it turned into more of a romantic relationship so it's kind of I mean it's young to be engaged and to move across the country to live together but I mean it it, it works for some people yeah yeah so she actually intended to start going to cosmetology school and she had always expressed a passion for hairstyling especially cutting and coloring her own hair so much as an adolescent, she decided that that's just something she wanted to do. And one thing that pops up a lot with this story is her high school diploma. Yeah. And having it with her um, because, you know, she needed it in order to enroll in cosmetology school in Arizona. Yeah. On December 1st, 2015, Caitlin returned home to Virginia. She went home to visit her newborn nephew and, you know, see her sister and her mom and stuff. And she also needed 
to get her diploma from home to take it back with her. And her visit was supposed to be a four night thing. And from here, things just get very weird and not like, not like red flag weird. It just in high happens. Yeah. Yeah. What I find really interesting that I thought of literally just this second is that this is 2015. There really shouldn't have been a reason that she needed a physical copy of her high school diploma in order to enroll in cosmetology school. They should have. Yeah, because that could have been sent electronically. Yeah. You send your transcript, not your diploma. So the diploma that you have framed hanging on your wall, whatever, if it's your high school diploma, your degree, whatever, that's really just a piece of paper for you to mm-hmm. display. The yeah, it's real, a keepsake. Yes. The real information that you have completed classes is a transcript from the institution. So mm-hmm. she definitely would not need a physical copy of her high school diploma. She could have just yeah, I it. Yeah, I just think it's really weird, like, how much it comes up in the story, and not even in a big way. Yeah. It just seems very important for her to have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't land on, and short of her just simply wanting it to hang up and display, I see no reason why she, why her trip from Arizona to Virginia would have centered around the diploma at all. Like obviously seeing her newborn nephew is a big reason why she went back, but the high school diploma is cited as the catalyst, the actual reason, because she was supposed to start cosmetology school, like the day after returning to Arizona. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, this just, that seems like a a little bit of a red flag to me because like maybe a ruse, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, because it definitely is not something she would have needed. Yeah. And I think what's weird is nothing out of the ordinary happened like before she made a trip home that we know of. Like she simply went home to see her new nephew was going to stay for a few days and just grab her diploma and go back home. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. There's a little bit of, uh, I don't know, conjecture in the theories portion at the end where maybe we could speculate on some like buried reasons, some secrets that possibly could exist um, for why she could have come home and then used the diploma and her nephew as cover uh we'll talk about that later but okay so what exactly happened to Caitlin so she's had her visit she's had a great time everybody said she seemed happy and normal and she visited friends she got to spend a lot of time with her nephew and then Her flight back to Arizona was supposed to be December 5th at 5 p.m. I think maybe 5.45 is the exact time that her Mm -hmm. flight was supposed to leave from Reagan National Airport in Virginia, which is about, uh, 
an hour and a half, two hour drive from where her mom lives in Virginia. On December 5th, Caitlin's mom had to work. So she wasn't able to take Caitlin back to the airport. So Lisa dropped Caitlin off at James Branton's house, which is her ex-stepfather. And he agreed to take Caitlin to the airport to catch her flight. So her flight was 545. And James Branton said he had to work at three. So he was going to take her early. Mm -hmm. So, okay. This is when the timeline gets really fucky. Yeah. James stated that Caitlin had asked him to drop her off at the Springfield Town Center Mall because she wanted to kill some time since he was yeah I mean early I wouldn't want to sit at the airport for almost an entire three hours waiting on a plane it totally makes sense that she would just want to go walk around the mall it it does Um, it does but it doesn't it does but it doesn't when you break down the timeline because Mm -hmm. really like to check in for your flight get through all of the security blah 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 takes a while so you have to be at the airport an hour and a half before your flight anyway typically so she would need to be there at four so at the latest really I usually get to the airport way before like two hours early usually because I just like don't you never know what's going to go wrong at the airport yeah and I think one thing that pops into my head whether you're watching the disappeared episode or and now I haven't listened to any other podcast except crime junkies episode on Caitlin same um but I'm thinking to myself if I needed to get to the airport my flight was at 5 45 I was being dropped off with someone who had to work at three And so then I'm thinking, well, I guess I can go walk around the mall for a little bit to kill some time. Why wouldn't we just find someone else to take me to the airport? Yeah. Like a friend, some cash. Yeah. So that's, that is one thing that always sticks out to me. I agree. And also um, the, so the air, the mall that she got dropped off at is next to the metro station and she, her plan was to walk around the mall catch the metro to the airport well she the trip from the metro to the airport is 52 minutes so yeah this this is not close it's not like a 10 minute drive if it was 10 minutes away or maybe even 20 then it wouldn't I wouldn't feel any type of questioning about it. I would be like, okay, that makes sense. It's two o'clock when he texts Lisa, well, 152 when Branton texts Lisa that he's dropped her off. So from 152, if it's a 20 minute trip from the mall to the airport, fine. But it's an hour. I mean, and if I was taking someone to the airport, And they said, you know what, just drop me off at the mall. I'll kill some time and I'll catch the bus to the airport. I'd be like, that makes no sense. The mall is an entire hour away from the airport. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Let's find a location closer to the airport maybe for you to hang out. Yeah. 
And, and if you're getting ready to get on a plane, are you going to want to go to the mall and buy some shit that you are going to have to then check at the airport? Right. That doesn't make and sense. I, and, you know, this case is such a rabbit hole, but I think me as any time, I mean, even though James, her ex-stepdad and her mom were at this point divorced, I mean, he was still really the only father figure she had in her life. Right. So they clearly had a good relationship. You know, they saw each other when they could. But I would be like, hey, I'm going to be late today to work. I've got to drop my stepdaughter off at the airport. Like, I'll be in two hours late. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But I guess we just have to present the timeline now and let people see what the fuck they think. Yeah. So. At 11.56, this is after Lisa has already dropped Caitlin off with James Branton. At 11.56, Caitlin's fiance, Amber, receives a text from Caitlin, and it says, quote, something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text for a bit, end quote. So that is before any other messages. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit later at 152, James Branton sent a text to Caitlin's mom, Lisa, and he basically just said that he dropped her off. And then eight minutes later at two o'clock, Lisa received a message from Caitlin and said, quote, I'm at the airport battery dying, won't be able to text for a bit, end quote. So Caitlin- Even though she wasn't at the airport? Yeah. So at two o'clock, she was not at the airport for sure, but she told her mom she was at the airport. Mm -hmm. And two hours prior, she had told Amber that she wasn't catching her flight. Yeah. So we have like out of the gate- shit is not adding up. Mm-hmm. And then you have James Branson in here in the mix saying he dropped her off. So in his text to Caitlin's mom, he just said, I dropped her off. He didn't, yeah, say he didn't specify. He didn't specify. So it was after that, that he had let Lisa know that he dropped her off at the mall and that she was going to catch the Metro. Mm-hmm. Um, So when Lisa receives Caitlin's two o'clock text, she's relieved because Caitlin's at the airport. She's like, okay, she's there. She's going to text me when she lands or whatever. So shortly after she receives Caitlin's text, she gets a call from Amber. And Amber tells Lisa what Caitlin had texted her around noon about how she was not coming home that day. Mm-hmm. And so obviously Lisa starts to get very worried because at this point she thinks that Caitlin is at the airport. Yeah. So she tries calling Caitlin several times and Caitlin never picks up. So at this point, Caitlin never catches her flight. She has not arrived in Arizona, never boarded her flight. Five hours and 15 minutes later, So this is like 7 p.m. Lisa received several text messages from Caitlin's phone stating that she, quote, needed time alone and that she was 
staying with friends, Hmm. which is very weird. And shortly after Lisa received those messages, Amber also received one last message from Caitlin that said, quote, I can't come back. I cheated on you, end quote. So we've, we've got a real dilemma happening. Yeah. And the whole thing with Caitlin telling her fiance, Amber, I can't come back. I cheated on you. Doesn't make sense to me. Now, let's say that happened. It would make sense that she would be scared to, you know, face her fiance after what she did, but she was about to start school. Mm-hmm. So why would you not start school? Because you're afraid to face your problem. Yeah. And also, even if we want to give her a little bit of slack on the not going back to Arizona with the cheating situation, she would still communicate with her mom and her sister. There would be right. no reason why the cheating would keep her from talking with her mom and her sister. Yeah, there would have been no reason for her to be so cryptic. Right. If she was if she texted Amber, I'm not coming back. I cheated on you. She would most likely say that to her mom. Mom, I have to stay here with you. I cheated on Amber. Can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't add up for me, especially because in interviews, her mom and her sister talked about how they would talk to Caitlin on the phone multiple times a day, every day. Yeah. Ever since she moved to Arizona. Yeah. So being cryptic and non-communicative is wildly out of her character. Yeah. So now these messages, these texts to Lisa and Amber were later found to not be sent from the airport. They were sent with her phone located near Interstate 95 in Stafford County, which was about 40 miles from the airport. Um, and that's a long ways away. Yeah. So closer to the area where her mom lived and where James Branton lived, like the Fredericksburg area of Virginia. Yeah. Looks like her phone was never near the airport at all Yeah, from the first text to Amber all the way to the last. Um, after the last text she sent Amber about cheating on her, all communication after that was completely unanswered. And eventually Caitlin's phone stopped ringing altogether. Presumably it died and calls would just go straight to her voicemail. Caitlin has not been heard from nor seen since. So it's been a little over five years at this point since anyone has seen her or heard from her. Yeah. And she's never, she doesn't have a history of running away. She's never left without warning or cut off contact with her family or her fiance. Um, This is not typical behavior for her at all. She didn't act like her friends and family who saw her while she was in Virginia visiting say that she acted completely normal. They didn't notice anything wrong or weird about her at all. Yeah. 
So now we are going to get into the search for Caitlin, which is almost like every other missing person story when it comes to anyone 18 and older is fucking maddening. Mm-hmm. Um, so authorities did not think that Caitlin left on her own accord. A few days after her disappearance, her blue suitcase was found in a drainage ditch along River Road, which was near the Fall Hill Avenue intersection outside of Fredericksburg, Virginia. And the real shocker here is that this was just a few miles away from James's house and was nowhere near the airport. So things just get weirder yeah as we go on here when the suitcase was found it was unzipped and for the most part it was empty but the few items left in the suitcase were caitlin's phone charger her glasses her wallet all of her cash her id her credit and debit cards and some other belongings were still inside of it the things that were missing were her clothes and her high school diploma. So, I mean, if let's, let's say she, she ran off, let's say she was just going to go start a new life somewhere. Why are you still so concerned about your high school diploma? Right. It has your name on it. Just like your ID and your debit card. Yeah. It seems like, it seems very odd that she would take that and leave her cash because yeah and how like how would she just be carrying clothes around yeah what you just have a handful of clothes that doesn't make any sense so weird and we've mentioned it before but there's an episode on Caitlin on disappeared which is like a series of missing persons cases but the disappeared episode on Caitlin states that the phone was missing along with her clothes and diploma and her mom Lisa had even stated that her phone was missing some other reports say it too so I mean with all of this it's pretty safe to say that the phone was not in there right but again if you took your phone why wouldn't you grab your charger right especially because eventually any calls to her phone go straight to voicemail indicating that her phone is most likely dead. Right. Right. And as far as like the condition of the suitcase, it was scuffed and one of the wheels on it was missing. And so it kind of looked like it had fallen down into the ditch and police speculate that the damage looks like it was if the suitcase was thrown from a moving vehicle. Right. Once again, very weird. Um, I'm just saying if I was already packed because I was traveling already and I was about to run away, I would probably just take my shit with me. Yeah. And it, I mean, if you're trying to throw them off, maybe trying to make them think that something happened to you, I don't know. Yeah. Very weird to me. It's very weird. Uh, The fact that it was unzipped is weird because 
you know, police speculate that it, it looks as if it could have been thrown out of a car, mm-hmm. but it's unzipped. And yet there's still some items in there. It's not, they're not scattered down the, down the road. If yeah. Was, I mean, if it was, if an open suitcase was thrown from a moving car, I don't know if anything would be in the suitcase unless it was in like a zipper pocket. Yeah. So that know. is weird to me. The fact that the clothes, the diploma and the, the phone, the phone makes sense mm-hmm. that you would take it. It doesn't make sense that you would take clothes loose. Yeah. No. What are you doing? It would make it would make more sense to take things out of the suitcase. Like if you really wanted to get rid of your ID and your debit cards and your cash, you could have simply thrown those out of the window. Yeah. Yes. So, but the last confirmed sighting of Caitlin was at James's house and oddly enough, he refused to cooperate with police in her case. And he would not even let them look at his phone and wouldn't take a polygraph test. Yes. Now, any good true crime aficionado like ourselves knows that the first rule of thumb is you do not take a polygraph test. Right. Now, one thing that gets me hung up on that. Now, if it was like my child that went missing I think there's a thin line in the polygraph test I mean I don't know I mean I would take one if it meant ruling me out as a suspect um Hmm. but for him to also not let them look at his phone yeah I'm thinking honestly if because I feel like now I obviously have no idea I've never been investigated but I feel like you can kind of sense in your interactions with police when they start to kind of look at you in an investigative manner. And we have all seen the wrongful conviction spiral out of goddamn control. And yeah, my first instinct would be talk to my attorney. I'm doing nothing unless this attorney says that I should. Yeah. Completely innocent because if you don't say anything to them, they don't have anything that they can use against you. And they can lie about polygraph test results. If they have tunnel vision on you and you take a polygraph and pass it, they can tell you you failed. So I would never, ever take a polygraph regardless of the situation. You know, I thought about applying to a job once that required you to take a polygraph to be considered. Mm-hmm. And even though I have absolutely nothing to hide about my life, that was a terrifying thought for me. Yeah. And that's also another thing. Like people have like real anxiety about being questioned in general, completely yeah. innocent people get really, really nervous and that can cause mm-hmm. you to fail. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand why use them as much as we do so I mean because I mean they can't be up, upheld in court yeah they're um, completely inadmissible yeah they can't prove anything no I mean you could hook me up to a polygraph and ask me what my favorite color was and I would probably sit there knowing my favorite color is purple and panic just because I'm on the spot yeah a lot of people do that it's and I think that's that 
is a factor in why polygraph tests are not admissible. And they're, they're not backed up by science. They're really just monitoring your heart rate and you're like, that's it. Your heart rate could spike for any number of reasons. So exactly. But so James Branton, not taking the polygraph completely understandable, but the not allowing them to get into his phone. That's a red flag. If you don't have, because if you don't have anything in your phone to hide, you don't have anything to hide. Right. So it would, it would just make sense to be like, yeah, there's nothing in my phone here. Have it. Yeah, exactly. So. Now, another thing is authorities were able to prove that Branton never dropped Caitlin off at the mall like he said he did. Yeah. So I think all of those things together are like, hmm, yeah. this is all very weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, any way now we're going to talk about James specifically and his story. He's not actually given any interviews. So this is what police and family have gathered from his story, but he's completely not cooperating anymore. He's not doing interviews, nothing. So the mall, did he drop her off there? No, he did not. Initially, when the investigation was in its infant stages. Now, this is what I don't understand. So the police say initially they were able to corroborate his story. However, it didn't hold up long because they were able to get surveillance tapes from the mall and verify that there was no record of Caitlin, James Branton, or his vehicle at the mall. No eyewitness sightings of them. So they were able to figure out fairly quickly through surveillance tapes that they were never at the mall. Uh-huh. So I don't know why they state that he that they were originally able to corroborate his story because clearly the surveillance tapes threw that out the window immediately. I speculated that it's possible that they told that they simply just said that they were able to corroborate his story in order to keep him cooperating so that it would make their investigation easier and he wouldn't lawyer up. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me thinking about that, but who knows? So yeah, no surveillance, nothing in the surrounding area of the Springfield mall shows them at all ever. Investigators were also able to discover that James never went to work that day. So investigators, they discovered that James never went to work that day. So he had told Lisa he was taking Caitlin to the airport early because he had to work at three and her flight wasn't until 545. But he had apparently called into work and stated that he was not coming in at all. So he did not go to work that day at all. Um, The police did conduct a search of James's house and car, and they didn't find any physical evidence linking him to Caitlin or anything that would point to him being involved in her disappearance. But they did find an encrypted phone 
that he refused to unlock or provide the password for. And as we said, he's repeatedly refused to take the polygraph, uh, but any lawyer at all is going to tell you don't take a polygraph. So he, he had a lawyer and his lawyer was definitely like, no way. Yeah. An encrypted phone. I do not understand the encrypted phone thing. How do you, how do you encrypt a phone? I mean, so was this a separate like burner phone? I don't know if it's a burner phone. That's really suspect. Yeah. No one has two phones unless you are, unless you have a work phone and then your own phone. Right. Which is rare. It's so weird. I don't know. And this is 2015. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if my phone would be considered encrypted because it's password locked and you have to have a password to get in it. But once you I get, don't know. If you know my password, you can get in my phone and look at everything. Maybe Chip should tell us what the difference in something being password protected and encrypted. Yes. Encrypted to me feels like it's programmed a certain way. Yeah. You know, like it's coded somehow. Yeah. Like you, like when you're in Uh the phone, you can see what they want you to see. And then you enter some sort of code and it unencrypts and you can see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Very weird. I'm not techie. I've never need felt the need to do anything of that nature. So no. no. Basically, if you know my password, you can get in my phone and see everything about my life. Right. So. Right. So here are the phone records for James and Caitlin. At 152. When James texted Lisa that he had dropped Caitlin off at the Springfield Mall, his phone pinged off a tower near his house, not the mall, at 2 p.m. when Caitlin texted Lisa that she had arrived at the airport and her phone was about to die, her phone pinged near James's house, again, not near the airport. And it's actually a good 30 miles from the metro station that James claimed she was taking from the mall to the airport, which we said before. So there would 100% be separate towers that these pings would have came from. Yeah. The show. The final text that was sent from Caitlin's phone pinged a tower in Stafford which is about five miles away from where her luggage was found. So these pings all show that Caitlin's phone never left the Fredericksburg area, which is the area where James's house is located. And it should be pointed out that Caitlin sometimes used a a texting app instead of just regular texting that would encrypt the messages and police are not able to access those messages at all. So it is possible and in all probability likely that these messages have answers that we just can't access. Right. Now, I know even now 
there are like um, ways to like hide messages. Like I remember once on our Facebook Messenger conversation, I swiped up to look at something and it was like, would you like to turn on like dark mode or vanish mode or something mm-hmm. for like a private conversation? I was like, what in the hell is this? Yeah. yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's a little suspicious that it that is. would be her means of communication. Now, I mean, this is 2015, so that's not like a really long time ago, but like back in the day when people just had like iPods, they could have texting apps on the iPods that they could text people with. Right. But I think, but that's just because it wasn't a cell phone with a carrier. Right, right. But so I, I mean, I think these are different though. Yeah. Um, I think these texting apps, like what she was using was specifically for like texting privately. So if someone looked at your phone, they wouldn't be able to see it. And I think I've, I've heard other stories where people use apps like this, but the icon of the app is something different. Like it'll show up as a different kind of app, like maybe a game or something and not like a texting app. So you can hide the app on your screen and then it also encrypts your messages. Right. I don't know. Weird. I mean, it's no, it doesn't make me suspicious of her whatsoever. I mean, she can text people however the fuck she wants to. Right. But I don't know. It's still kind of weird. It's, it's something that, I mean, honestly, I feel like those texts probably do have answers. Mm-hmm. It, if police had her phone, it's possible that maybe they could get it unencrypted. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know what type of phone she had, but if she had an iPhone, Apple is pretty like privacy driven. So they they won't unlock people's phones for yeah. the government. So even if they had her phone and they weren't able to guess her password, depending on what kind of phone it was, if it was an iPhone, Apple wouldn't help them. Yeah. Which I get to an extent you're trying to protect the privacy of the user. But if someone is missing, I feel like Mm -hmm. maybe help, help out the people looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, the phone records are weird and show that whatever was going on, Caitlin, at least at some point was kind of in on what was happening. If she was actually the person texting Yes. So if we assume that she's the one using her phone to text, then it would indicate that she was kind of colluding to make her friends and family think she was at the airport when she wasn't. Right. But no one has any way of knowing who was actually sending those texts. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like if James truly dropped her off at the mall 
to kill time, she would have said, hey, I'm at the mall. I'm killing time before I go to the airport. Yeah. Not, I'm at the airport. My phone is dying. Right. Like, if you're trying to play it cool, like everything is going according to plan, what is the point of hiding that one small detail? You know? Yeah. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't not say that. I mean, if it was a normal thing to do, like, why are we not, why are we saying we're there when we're not, if you're right. going to go there? Right. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think they touch on it in the crime junkie episode. And it's something that they talk about in the disappeared episode is that Caitlin had never actually taken the Metro and wouldn't be familiar with how to do it. I feel like she was 19 years old and girl can figure out how to make her way at the metro yeah. station. You go, yeah. you buy a ticket and you get on it and you ride it until you can need to get off. It's not right. that deep. So, but they kept saying it like they said it multiple times in the disappeared episode. She's never taken the metro. She's not familiar with how to do it. She wouldn't know what to do. What do you right. mean you I know what to do? She's 19 years old. She has moved across the country from you without your help and managed okay. to do it successfully. Girl can figure out how to ride the Metro. Yeah. I don't get that at all. That part didn't make any sense to me. No. Obviously her family, I'm not like, I don't want to like talk shit, but it seems like they really don't want to believe that she left on her own, mm-hmm. which I get. And I think they're trying to pull at any element of the story that indicates something she wouldn't normally do, I guess, and point to that as, hey, she's never done that before. There's no reason why she would. So it's out of character. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, being dropped off somewhere to then take the bus to the airport, like, it's like kind of a dumb idea. But at the same time, it's not out of the question, you know, it's not, um, it's not, I, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, she's, she's never read, you know, been on the Metro. I don't know why that would be true or how she would do that on her own. Yeah. You know, that's not something to grasp at. In no, my eyes. no, I think the part of that, that is the most unbelievable to me is the fact that the Metro is an hour away from the airport. That yeah. part I find very unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no reason to get dropped off somewhere an hour away from where you need to take a flight from. No, that is no. just dumb. Especially that would be like, that would be like you taking me to the airport at KCI and dropping me off in Lee Summit. Yes, exactly. Like just, I don't care if you had to work, you would just take me to the airport. Right. If I'm going to agree to take you to the airport, I'm going to take you to the airport. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I get not wanting to sit at the airport from two o'clock all the way to 545. But I mean, there are things in the airport. You can get food. They have shops. If you, you know, you can walk around the airport. 
get a book at the airport and read. There are magazines. Mm -hmm. Like there's shit to do at an airport. So the killing time thing doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if it's an hour away. If it was next door, fine. Yeah. Not an hour away. Right. So now we're going to talk about Kevin. Kevin is a friend of Caitlin and he is in Virginia. So he's like a close friend of hers. And Caitlin had, according to Kevin, so Caitlin had been telling him at some point, I don't think she was telling him at the time that she was there for for a visit. I think this was kind of over the course of their friendship. She had expressed to him that James had been verbally abusive to her, um, but she hadn't ever mentioned being physically abused by James. So that's just kind of an anecdote to keep in mind that has been expressed. Kevin also stated that the night before Caitlin disappeared, she was hanging out with a couple of friends and that they had gotten drunk. And then the friends had forced themselves on her and that she felt guilty about it. Now, this is from an article that I read in researching this episode. Now, according to Disappeared, and I think the Crime Junkie episode is in line with the Disappeared episode. They both talk about this event between Caitlin and her friends as like them having a consensual drunken threesome. Mm -hmm. So those discrepancies, I think, are kind of a big deal because if they force themselves on her, she was raped. Right. And probably would not have texted her fiance and said, I cheated on you if she was raped. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a very tenuous and weird situation here, but according to disappeared and crime junkie, they got drunk had this threesome and then in the morning and she stayed the night there. And then in the morning, those friends dropped her off at her mom's house. Um, Police did interview these two friends and um, they had expressed to police that she did seem despondent that morning when they dropped her off, which if she had just cheated on her fiance, of course she would feel that way. And if she had actually been raped, she would, be more than despondent I would assume right so I don't know what to believe in this situation was she assaulted was this just a mistake I don't know that's for a four-day trip that's a lot of things happening yeah it is I don't know it's just the whole thing doesn't really sit right with me yeah And the fact that there aren't a whole lot of theories about it is also weird. Yeah. Like, of course, with any missing person, there's always the possibility of them just straight up starting a new life. Right. That's always on the list as an option. But but for the ones that they're there one minute and gone the next, like there's not a lot of like clues in between. Yeah. Those are the ones that I'm like, there's no way that they just went off and started a new life. Yeah. And like, especially when that person 
had been making very solid life plans, like enrolling in school, literally it was about to start. That makes me think that they probably didn't just leave. Yeah. I, I just don't know. And both her mom and her sister are convinced that she did not disappear on her own. They both feel like, you know, they were really close with her. And if something was up, they, she probably would have said something. And she certainly wouldn't just leave them in this way. Too hurt by the maybe sexual assault, maybe not sexual assault, and didn't want to go back to Arizona. I mean, both Lisa and Gabby, her sister, think that she wouldn't have left and probably would have told them what happened. Right. I mean, keep in mind, this is still, she's still young. Like she's yeah. 19. Mm-hmm. And I understand that something like sexual assault is very hard to tell people about. I feel like if if she just didn't want to go back for some reason, I mean, she, I think she at least sort of opened up about it a little bit. Yeah. And been like, can I just like stay here for a little bit? Like, don't talk to Amber. Mm-hmm. I I need to sort some things out. I'm not ready to go back. Yeah. I, it just, it's a big hang up for me. So I can understand why both her mom and her sister would think that, Mm -hmm. but you know, like you said with the, was she assaulted or did her and her friends, you know, have a drunken encounter with each other? I mean, it's either one or the other. Right. Of course. So I Uh, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, This is one case that I really don't have a theory on. Same. I don't have my, I have not picked a theory. You know, it's possible. There's obviously the theory that James Branton did something to her. There are a lot of suspect things that do incriminate James Branton. Yes. But it should be noted that he has never been named a person of interest or a suspect. Mm -hmm. Um, But all of the shit that happened from the moment that Caitlin's dropped off at his house on the morning of December 5th are real fucky. Well, yeah. And then there's also the theory that like James helped Caitlin just walk away from her life. And that kind of right. reminds me of Maura Murray. Yeah. Cause that's a huge theory in that case too. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like as a, even though he wasn't her biological father, I feel like as a parent, like, of course I would do anything to make my child happy or help them. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't help them disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I would not let, them leave their mom and their sister and their fiance to forever wonder what in the fuck happened to them. Right. Exactly. If that, if that's the case, let's make this a family thing. Yeah. If she 
was done with Arizona, didn't want to be engaged to Amber. I feel like she had a relationship with her mom and sister that would make her feel comfortable to be like, mom, sis, I don't want to go back to Arizona. I don't think I want to be with Amber. I need to be back here. They, it would have been a non-issue. I'm pretty sure. Like just from what everybody has said about the relationship, those three women had, it would have been a non-issue. Yeah. she, She, it seems like she knew that, you know? Yeah. So, well, and Gabby, her sister has the theory that she might have been talking to someone online mm-hmm. or through that encrypted texting that she had and maybe met up with them and then that person harmed her. But I don't know. That's kind of a far reach. I don't know. The Her sister speculating that that's all that it, that was said was that Gabby thought that maybe she had met someone online or whatever. I get the sense that maybe Gabby had suspected that before she disappeared possibly. Yes. Like maybe she knew something. Yes. Way before that happened. Yeah. And it's possible that Gabby does have information about Caitlin talking to someone else online obviously she she would have given that to authorities and they're holding that close to the vest yeah that's really really possible yeah so I don't know it's a weird one and it's kind of I mean I don't know I outside of like the Facebook page and just like family efforts I mean there hasn't been a lot I I don't know. I just feel like it's not out there. And I mean, this was only five years ago. Yeah. This is fresh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This isn't something that happened. I mean, we're still talking about people that disappeared in 1967. Okay. I don't, I don't understand. She's two years younger than I am. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I don't know. It's, there's nothing else. Like that's all there's nothing else. This case is literally facts. There's not even like a super fucking weird event that happened. You know, she didn't sit in a car for fucking dozens of hours in the same spot and then disappear. Yeah. Yeah. She never had any um mental health issues. She wasn't taking any medication. Um, Mm -mm. she didn't nothing said said anything about her having like substance abuse issues, nothing. Short of the night before she disappeared, her getting drunk, like that's the only thing that is substance related that even comes up. And yeah. I mean, what 19 year old isn't getting drunk on a Saturday night with their friends? Like all of right. us, all of us did right. that. It's especially when you're coming home yeah. for a short visit. Yeah. When you're just visiting and you've lived halfway across the country for the last however long year, whatever, yeah. like. Of course you're going to do that. Duh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll probably put this information, I would say, on our episode post. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, any missing person, there is a Facebook page for updates. It is called Help Find Caitlin Akins, and it's K-A-T-E-L-I-N-A-K-E-N-S. And 
If you have any information that could help find Caitlin, you can contact Detective Sharon Williams at the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office in Spotsylvania, Virginia at 540-507-7102. So I don't know if you think you've seen this girl, make the calls, check the Facebook page. I mean, this is just weird. Yeah. There's like, I don't know. I don't have anything to add. No, me either. I don't know. James is fucking suspect. I don't know. I don't know. Why didn't she take her phone charger? Yeah. I don't don't know. know. I just... The high school diploma does give me pause just because, and it makes me think or curious as to the days leading up to her going to Virginia from Arizona. So knowing that you would not need the physical copy of your high school diploma for anything it makes me question what was going on in the days leading up to her visit. Yeah. Because it seems weird that that is something that's such a big part of this story. When, as we said, no reason she would have needed the physical copy. Right. Her high school would have sent those transcripts electronically. I mean, my rural high school sent electronic transcripts in 2008. So yeah. They're definitely doing it in 2015. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. Don't. So I don't unless anyone listening knows a reason why you would need to show a physical copy of your high school diploma, that is a part that makes me question of whether or not she was using that as just a a reason to leave Arizona. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know. That one part makes me question what she was thinking. Right. But I don't know. Maybe this cosmetology school in Arizona is the only school in the nation that needs to see a physical copy of your diploma. I ha- I don't know. I don't know. But that's fucking it. That's it. That's the whole story. Yeah. The, the diploma is the rag in the tailpipe for me. Yes, it is. <laughs> Fucking rag in the tailpipe. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard, by the way. Dude, we've got to do an episode on that. Yeah. Gotta. Got to do more, Murray. It's a staple in the missing person case arena. It is. It is. So if you have seen Caitlin... At some point, check that Facebook page, call Detective Sharon Williams at the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office. But that's it, you guys. Yeah. And we'll obviously have the Facebook page link in our show description and the information for the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office. Uh So you can find that we will in our social media posts, probably post her missing person flyer like we did for Bryce. Yes. And um, so you have the information. If you have something to report, you'll have the resources to do so. Yep. That's why we do these things. 
That's right. We want people to find these people. Where is Bryce? What happened to Caitlin? We need to know these things. Yeah. And so do their families. I just don't know if I can live out my life without answers to certain missing persons cases. Um, I agree. And I'm just waiting, not patiently for the day when we can do updates on these and be like, Hey, yes, this person has been found. Yeah. Well, this case wears me out because I feel like your brain wants to connect more dots. It It wants to hear more weird shit. It does. It wants evidence, but there's none. So no physical evidence at all, aside from the suitcase at all, nothing at all. But as always, Haley and Ariel, you guys are amazing. Hopefully this episode sounds legit. Other than the fact that these headphones make me sound extremely ill. Um, at least the music will be great. And, um, the artwork will be phenomenal. That's right. Yes. And um, might play around with the video that is simultaneously recording us right now. See if there's maybe something funny or cool that we can pull off of here and post on our socials. I am wearing my Taco Bell shirt. You are. And I thought about putting mine on and didn't because I wanted to wear this hoodie. It's Dakota's hoodie from when he was in the Navy and like the perfect level of too big. So, so if you guys want to help us out, um, mm-hmm. you could leave a little review and five-star rating for us. Yeah. And also just make sure you're subscribed and not just searching and listening. Yes. And uh, share with your friends. Yes. The word of mouth is the way podcasts grow. So is the way. If you like our episodes, if you want to, you know, share us on your Insta, share us on your Facebook so that your friends, the people who are following you can see what you're listening to. And they might want to try us out. That'd be real great. It would be perfect. Yes. Would would love that. And also, if you're not following us on Instagram, I highly suggest you do. That way, when we have episodes like this, you can get information on who to call. You can see their missing persons flyer. Um, We are on Instagram as at what if I told you pod on Facebook, which is exactly the same as what we post on Instagram. What if I told you podcast? And if you just want to chat, you can send us an email. What if I told you podcast at gmail.com? Yeah, yeah. We'll be here waiting. Patiently waiting for you to reach out to us. Do it. So um that's really all we have that is the end that's the end um hopefully our virtual recording was a success and if not we're pretty much fucked because it's sunday (laughs) (laughs) yeah we are 
we'll be taking a holiday from podcasting if uh, this doesn't turn out well. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, so that's it. We hope you have a great week. As always, we want you guys to be kind to one another. And stay weird. Okay, goodbye. Bye.